This is Audio Shelf, a place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. We are Brad and Brittany, the voices in your head. Do you know what day it is? It's Devin Day! Devin Day! So today we have an interview with Devin Sorbery, who you may remember from episode two of Audio Shelf, the Dorothy Must Die episode. Mm-hmm. Dorothy Must Die, written by Danielle Page, narrated by Devin Sorbery. And we got the amazing opportunity to interview her and get a behind-the-scenes listen to how things are done in the audiobook world. Yeah. It was really amazing to hear her talk just to us. Mm-hmm. So it was super fun to experience that and just get to know the process of audiobooks a little bit better. Exactly. So Devin is an Earphones Award winning and Audi Award nominated Los Angeles based narrator. And you can find out more about her on her website, devinsorvery.com. She has over 40 audiobooks recorded. And we plan to listen to a bunch more. A bunch. Because we just have completely fallen in love with her voice. Exactly. We've fallen in love with her because she's just so nice. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe that we did this today. Oh, my God. <gasps> she just really welcomed us into her home and on her Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was really great. Uh, and we really can't thank her enough for doing this with us. So we hope you enjoy our interview with Devin Sorvery. Dive on into it. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. So we want to start off by saying thank you so much. This is, like, so exciting for us. Very exciting. <laughs> it's, like, really great that you, like, wanted to talk to us and do this recording for Audio Shelf. So we're, like, super excited. Well, I'm happy to do it. I love that you guys love audiobooks. It's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just starting off, how's your day going? I know it's kind of early over there, so. It's not that early. It's just a nice, like, reasonable time. It's good. It's, okay. gor- it's gorgeous. I'm looking at the Pacific Ocean right now. Oh, oh wow. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at a highway Hello. right now. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> to start off, uh, I think our biggest question has been just the process for audiobooks, the casting process, and mm-hmm. really how how do they go about casting the narrators? How did you come to find Dorothy Must Die? Uh, well, I think it's different, you know, in every case. Obviously, there are some narrators who are really well known and they get requested, you know, and just offered things. I s- occasionally get a straight offer. When I first started, and most of the time, I think when people are starting, the author and the publisher will reach out to a producer and ask for some demo clips. And so they'll get mm-hmm. a number of narrators who the who they think might be right. And we'll send a little, I'll like record a little clip and send it in. And I almost got a big series when I was just starting, but I didn't quite get it but I got the next one so oh nice yeah I I think the majority of us audition at least in the beginning most of the time and then whoever the author sometimes the authors I don't think get final say but it's between Mm. the authors and the publishers I guess who who gets the gig so yeah Mm. (laughs) that's awesome so what drew you to Dorothy Must Die I don't think I auditioned for that one. I think they had a sample of, of me already and, and just submitted me. And I didn't, I don't think I had to audition for that one. Nice. That's awesome. 
Dorothy Must Die is an amazing series, and I'm, I feel super lucky to have gotten involved with it. I would have auditioned for it. I would have pitched myself for it happily because I, I love the original Oz books, and I love Danielle's writing. Yeah. But I, I didn't have to. So basically what drew me to the book was that I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. That's like, you know, you would have auditioned, but then they just liked you already. So they were like, okay, Mm -hmm. you're going with us. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and the fact of the matter is, I don't know how it works behind the scenes all the time. Perhaps they submitted 4,000 people and it was a cutthroat, you know, competition. Or perhaps they were like, well, Devin could probably do it. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they must have heard like all of your other, the series that you've done and then the demos and stuff too. So they probably like fell in love with your voice as much as we did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's actually really quite strange to actually hear you talking to us. (laughs) This is really weird. We're like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm probably talking a lot faster and laughing a lot more than I do in the books. (laughs) understandable because Dorothy Must Die is definitely like creepy like low-key kind of Mm -hmm. reading yeah (laughs) yeah it's awesome she's such a beautiful writer I mean I guess it's different would be different for everybody but sometimes I work on authors books and they don't write the way I think to me I feel like they put their words in the wrong order so I make a lot more mistakes just you always make mistakes when you're narrating. You Sometimes you'll put a word from the line below into the sentence. It doesn't make any oh, sense, yeah. but you don't even mm. know you've done it. Sometimes you'll flip words. It just always happens. With her, I make hardly any mistakes because she writes it so beautifully. It just seems mm-hmm. like how I think. I, I serve mm-hmm. her work well, I think, because I think the same way she does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's, it sounds so natural. Yeah. It feels really natural. She's the easiest books I've ever read in terms of just like having it flow and having long periods of flow between mistakes, hands down. Yeah. That's really cool. For, I know we talked a little bit about like the reading and stuff. How did you get the characters? Like, how did the characters come to you, like when you were reading? So, characters are really interesting. My protagonist is almost always me or some version of me because. It would be exhausting not to, you know, to try to like be a character for the whole book. Occasionally, I'm not close enough to a protagonist. And so I have to, I can't do that. But usually, and Amy for me is obviously I'm playing Amy. <laughs> yeah, we can hear your voice. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, Amy. Amy's talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of how far you go with characters, everyone's different. I've gotten so much different advice. I've done... Close to 50 books, and I I still feel like a beginner. I still feel like I'm asking these questions. I know that if you go too far, you can sound super annoying and everybody will hate you. So I don't want that. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And if you don't do enough, then people can't really differentiate the characters easily. And then it's harder for that the listener to follow. It also depends on the genre. For young adult, you you need more character voices. Probably for kids' books, you could do even more. And then for like highbrow literature, you're not going to do like a squeaky Queen Lulu voice because it would be ridiculous. But then with Queen Lulu in particular, I know you had asked about that. Mm -hmm. She describes Lulu's voice so much. So I had Mm. to do it. I had to go bold on that one because it would be ridiculous for me not to. She spends lots of descriptions. She compares her to Judge Judy at one point. She Mm -hmm. she uses the word squeaky and high pitched. And I was like, well, I better show up for this one. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I really have to create something. 
I can never be what she thinks she means by Judge Judy and Squeaky. So I just have to be what I think that means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Lulu's like a pastiche of research that I did on character voices that I thought were appropriate. And and she's a lot of fun. But I think you would agree that if every character in the book had that extreme voice, it'd be too much. It would be. It would be. And I think that's one of the things that we love about Dorothy and Lulu is that their voices are so much different than Amy's, just enough to where, you know, Dorothy is sassy and mm-hmm. and a B word. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Lulu is just so fun. I mean, yeah. she's, I don't know, she's just high, high energy, but also like in charge. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So which voice was your favorite to do? So Dorothy, that voice in various incarnations is in as many of my books as I can possibly put her in. Really? That, that B word voice is <laughs> so much fun. She's been in my cast of characters for a really long time, since since my really early books in various incarnations. Wow. And, That's um, so cool. Yeah, I got really good advice when I was just starting. A guy that I worked with said, create a stable, create a stable of characters that you can cast at the drop of a hat that you don't have to do research for every time. And, you know, just that are in your pocket. That that Dorothy prototype is definitely, in my mind, I still call her the name from my first book where I used her. And she's actually based on a really famous TV character who I, I can't say because it'll, it would just be distracting to know mm-hmm. where it comes from. But yeah. Um, you know, and nobody would ever be able to place it because I can't, I can't be another actor, but I can just, I just interpret it. And so every time there's like a B word character in my books, I'm I'm (laughs) very excited. That's awesome. (laughs) That is amazing. I love that like backstory too. Just how you came up with the character and how she's kind of one of your longstanding characters. It's Mm -hmm. really cool. Definitely going to try to kind of figure out who that TV character is. (laughs) If you get it right, I'll admit it, but I but you won't. <laughs> I also really like playing Amy type characters, you know, slightly outsider, slightly dark, you know, hurt. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, complex. I really enjoy that kind of protagonist. Is that because it's so far from you as as a person, like the the dark and the creepy kind of voice that you just like doing like the different character for her? No, I find her, I find that kind of outsider character quite like me, but now not how I go through the world. I go through the world with like my own set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> but I relate very much to strugglers. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's nice to just be like put all the pull all the walls down and just be like, yeah, man, life is hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can like connect with yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For Danielle Page, you talked a little bit about her. Did you have any sort of like interaction with her at all? Not beforehand. In my experience, it's pretty rare to have any contact with the author beforehand. In my experience, I don't know. Like when for like the top, top narrators and best-selling books, who I don't know. Couldn't tell you. But for me, it, it's rare. I got for one book, I got a note from the author saying, I'm super monotone. So I hate to do this to you, but... I need you to be monotone. I was like, all right, well, but that's the only time I got direction ahead of time. Because of social media, I have been able to uh, interact with some authors after the fact, if they liked me, I suppose. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Danielle Page is one of those. So I'm friends with her on Facebook and Twitter, or maybe not, <laughs> maybe it's just Twitter. But she was able to reach out and say, you know, thanks. And I was like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the experiences we had with her on Twitter is mm-hmm. that Brad, like, tweeted at her and she responded and mm-hmm. it was just kind of yeah we talk weird. about tv shows we talk about everything <laughs> <laughs> she just really loves everybody it seems so i think she's really good to her fans too yeah so yeah we like that about her yeah she seems she seems like it she's very generous to me certainly she's generous and mm-hmm. yeah she's lovely i haven't met her in person yet but you never know <laughs> yeah exactly so can you tell us a little bit, I know we've kind of touched on it already, but a little bit about the process of recording and how long it takes to record a, you know, one book? It takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> In a perfect world, I receive a book, I read it with nothing. Just read it, let it wash over me, let it inform me of the tone and meet everybody as they come along and, and then go back, reread it, but annotate it. I have little symbols for my characters Oftentimes it'll say like, shall we go to the store? Dorothy said, instead of Dorothy said, shall we go to the store? So if, if I don't mark it up, I might do it in the wrong voice. Mm-hmm. So I have little symbols that I put before every line of dialogue. So I know who's speaking. I have a little symbol for whispered because they always put whisper at the end of the line. <laughs> so you have to, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you didn't whisper it, you have to go back and whisper it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the second pass is annotating it, making a list of words that I don't know how to pronounce or don't know what they are, all the character names. So that that takes a long time. If you don't have time, you have to skip the just sort of luxury read at the beginning, but you always have to do mm-hmm. annotating and note-taking and question-asking and looking things up and pronunciation. You always have to do that one. And then you get into the booth and it takes the industry standard is it takes two hours in the booth to do one finished hour of audio. So if the book is 10 finished hours, then they you you will schedule 20 hours in the booth. Oh, my wow. goodness. Yeah. Depending on the material, sometimes it's much quicker and it can be longer. You know, like really dense science fiction or nonfiction or something could, could be slower. And kids stuff probably goes faster. So, you know, <laughs> uh, Danielle's writing, I went really fast with hers just because, as I said, it seemed intuitive. Um, but that's that's the the standard is two hours in the booth for every finished hour. Then that's after you've read the book twice. So it takes a long time. <laughs> oh, wow. my gosh. <laughs> wow, that is a lot. We, we know that uh, the narrators have to read the books beforehand because there's mm-hmm. no way they can go on with that expert knowledge of, of everything that goes on. But we just weren't aware that it's a couple passes through sometimes. Yeah, if you if you can, if you have the luck, sometimes there's rush jobs and you just do what you can do. But and some people, you know, some people are more meticulous than others. Some people have spreadsheets with everything. I do. I write on paper because I'm a million years old. Apparently, my husband's always no. making fun of me. <laughs> but I like to write it on paper. And you know, and some people are more comfortable going into the booth kind of cold and don't mind stopping and looking up as they encounter things they don't know. I just find it's dangerous because i did have a book and i'm not alone here where they said somebody had an accent on page 200 and not before oh. so you know <laughs> oh my gosh what yeah <laughs> so it was just kind of sprung on you yeah i mean i don't know i can't i'm not an author i don't know what it's like but 
perhaps in that author's mind, it was always obvious. May, I don't have no idea, but it, ne- it was never mentioned until page 200. And thank <laughs> oh goodness. my goodness. Yeah. I had wow. read the whole thing and I knew that. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because I hadn't started recording, it was it was fine. I just had to I just had to know going in that once I'm in the booth recording, every time that character speaks, don't forget that they have yeah. an accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh accents are actually kind of a gift because they immediately differentiate your character without having to worry how deep into character like a character you're getting. If I have a book with one. English person, you always know who's speaking and it makes it, it's a little, that's true. It's a gift, you know, unless it's a, a difficult accent, in which case you see him coming up four lines in advance and you start sweating. You're like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love like hearing that process. Cause that's something that we always wonder mm-hmm. about for you. I know that you said that you really love Dorothy must die. Um, are there any other books by you from a series that you would recommend us listen to? Well, so there's a young adult science fiction series called The The Lorian Legacies by Pitticus Lore. It one of the books is called I Am Number Four, and it um, oh, yeah. you may have heard of that. Mm-hmm. I play I play six in that series. Oh, uh, cool! And th- and there are a lot of those, and those are really good. They're they're like proper monsters in that one too, and you know space travel, and it's all that's all that's all fun. That's cool. Oh, awesome. We will have to listen to that one. Yeah, those are good. I like those. And it's they're multi-narrator. So every I play six, I, while I may speak for other characters in a, in my section, other narrators speak for me in their sections. Um, hmm. So that's a, that's a really fun series. Um, I had the total joy of getting to narrate book, two books by friends of mine, which is just like unbelievable. I can't believe I've friends who are so smart that they can write books. <laughs> <laughs> so one is called Aret, A-R-E-T by Kelly Wolf. And that one's got dragons and a parallel world. It's very cool. Ooh. And the other one okay. is called Starcrossed by Josephine Angelini. And those are demigods. So hmm. yeah, I've done. That sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. It's They're both very cool. I'm super proud to have done both of them. I was very excited. The first book I ever got where there were no mythical creatures no superpowers, <laughs> but, uh, but I love that. So, you know, those have been a joy. And I just did my first biography, uh, which is really fun. The book is called A Perfect Union of Contrary Parts. It's about Maynard James Keenan, who is, among other things, the lead singer of Tool. Oh. oh. So biography was fascinating because I've only ever done fiction before, m- mostly. Oh, man. I thought it was going to be easy. Yeah, I mean, you have to look up everything and they're living people. And so there are people to know if you're getting it wrong, you know, yeah. uh, it was, it was really a lot of research, uh, but it was awesome. I loved it. So, but I mean, I just, I love narrating. I love storytelling. So I'm happy anytime I'm getting to do any book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's really cool. Like mm-hmm. just, and then I think we're excited to hear you in different forms too, because you know, even with Dorothy Must Die and Amy being mostly who you are, it, it'll be cool to hear a different backstory for characters with your voice on top mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> so do you listen to audiobooks? I do listen to audiobooks. I hadn't until a couple of years ago. And my husband, like, got me a new cart, like a aftermarket stereo for my car so that I could plug in things and join the 21st century. And, uh, <laughs> and he got me all of Ernest Hemingway's works on audio. 
Wow. And so that, and I was like completely in love from the moment I started listening. I had read The Old Man in the Sea ages ago. I picked it back up and read it a couple of years ago. And I was like, this man is a genius. So he got me all of Hemingway. And uh, <laughs> but that it's took a amazing. while to get through. And then, so what I listen to is classics that I've missed. I, I like to still actually read, at the, you know, and listen. And so what mm-hmm. I what I think audiobooks are perfect for for me is, I mean, I listened to War and Peace, Anna Karenina. Oh, I listened to The Count of Monte Cristo, mm-hmm. and I I was I was just thinking, and War and Peace too. I was like, I was afraid of these books. I think I think I was yeah. intimidated, like like I wouldn't be smart enough to understand them. And then listening to them on audio, I was like. Oh my God, they're classics because they're amazing and everybody yeah. will love them. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's, that's what I mostly listen to. I won't listen to a bestseller now. I'll read that. I was listening to uh, The Time Machine, which is a really short audiobook. So it was perfect for like just an hour long drive. Uh-huh. But it was amazing to hear this classic book just in my ear, just being yeah. told from somebody else's voice. It was, it was mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. I, I like it. I'm, I don't have a long commute anymore, but I did for a while. And so it just, it turns driving from a nightmare into a pleasure, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like you can escape into a different world. I don't even worry about traffic anymore. I, yeah. yeah. Your five minute commute. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I sometimes, and I would sometimes like take the long way because I was really into a, <laughs> a mm-hmm. chapter or something. Yeah. <laughs> or just sit in the parking lot and just yeah. wait for it to finish. <laughs> many, many times. <laughs> So I I think the final thing that we just wanted to add on is <laughs> this may sound ridiculous so silly. you can say no if you want to but uh in Dorothy's voice can you say thanks for listening to Audio Shelf? <laughs> okay. Hmm, it's not a lot <laughs> to work with. Um let's see. Cuz that's a friendly thing. Uh, you can make it as, as mean as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um she would say uh, Thanks for listening to Audio Shelf. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> I love it. That is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> to make that my ringtone now. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this interview. This has been amazing. I, I now I feel like we can go back and listen to it and like have a different connection to the book just from definitely. talking to you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you yeah, so well, much. Now you know who the goober behind the voice is. <laughs> She's even more fabulous than what we had like. <laughs> well, I think what you guys are doing is great, and I wish you so much luck. I, audiobooks are amazing, and uh, you know, the more people who love them and champion them, the better. Yes, thank exactly. You. Thank yeah. you. Well, have a great rest of your day. I can't wait to like put this up and have <laughs> it for everyone else to hear. <laughs> All right, awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. I think you can hear our enthusiasm. In the interview, it was amazing. And again, thank you, Devin, so much for taking time out of your Sunday to just talk to us. Exactly. We could not thank you enough. And we hope that we keep that contact alive. Yeah. So as always, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and now Google Music. Google Music. Yes, we are in the podcast section. So check us out there. Exactly. And also find us and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AudioshelfMe. And some other exciting news. Tell me more. We are now part of the Audible affiliate program. Wow. Which means you can get two free audiobooks just by visiting us through our site. 
and going to Amazon. I'm sorry, Brittany. Did you say free? I did. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes, I did. That's like zero dollars. That is zero dollars. I mean, it would only be better if, I don't know, they gave you money, but people don't do that anymore. So just if you if you want to get your two free audiobooks, just go to audioshelf.me and follow the link at the bottom of our page and you can start your free trial of Audible. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>